Chicago. This is your morning routine. Listen, respect my name. Cap and J-Hood. That's right. That's right. We're bad. Uh-huh. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now, now, now. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Here's Kansas City from the 19. Throwing at the goal line. And it's caught by Kelsey for the touchdown. On the pocket. That's away from Chennault. Who's trying to get after him for a second time. But the ball is thrown to the end zone. And it's caught. Flowers with the touchdown. The Ravens strike right back from 30 yards out. Second and goal. Pacheco, Pacheco drives across for the Chiefs touchdown. Second and five. Ball batted up into the air and caught by Jackson. He caught his own pass. The Bowers, he dives. The ball came out. It's recovered by Kansas City. Second and ten to the end zone again and it is intercepted. He gets the protection. He goes long and on his back to ice it. He's heading back to the Super Bowl for the fourth time in five years. Five years. Another fake. Coming Jamison Williams. The speedster has a block. Williams cuts up. 25, 20. Still on his feet. Jamison Williams scores. Montgomery on second and goal. Surging his way forward. He's in. Touchdown, Detroit. Caffrey second and goal. Up and in. Touchdown, San Francisco. Now it's Gibbs. Trying to get to the edge. Gets a block on the border. Makes a man miss. Gibbs hits at the five. Touchdown, Detroit. So it's 24 to 7. Here's Purdy. Looking. Firing in. Joe. Caught. Ayu. Touchdown. Caffrey's going to get it. And he walks in. Touchdown, San Francisco. This is the game. Goff. Pumps. Fires end zone. It is caught for the touchdown. What a grab by Williams to keep this game alive. And there it is. Highlights courtesy of Fox and CBS. And oh, welcome into the Captain J Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000. And we are streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with Jesse Rogers in for for Cap. I'm J Hood. Phone lines open for you 312 332 ESPN 332 3776 is our telephone number. And Jesse, you heard it right there. We got a Super Bowl matchup. We got San Francisco and we have got the Kansas City Chiefs. They'll hook them up in Las Vegas for the big game. Yeah, and the odds makers say it should be a good game because I think it's like Chiefs by a point, which Niners. if you're Niners. I'm sorry, they're... that's what I meant. The Niners by a point, which if you're a Chiefs fan, that's exactly what you want. You want the, the Chiefs to be a dog because it seems like uh, every time they are, they win, they cover, they do everything. Just in a, a great, great playoff run this time on the road by the Chiefs, right? Mahomes was great again. We're going to get to him later. Um, but this is what I think happened last night at midnight, last night at um, uh, halftime. I think Dan Campbell hacked into the sports radio producers text chain across the country and said, sure, I'm going to give everybody something to talk about for the next 10 days till yeah. the t- two weeks till the Super Bowl, because what he did yesterday is being talked about all over the country today. Did he blow his team's chances? Let's give him credit for getting his team in the p- chance to win. But, ooh, those decisions, wow. 
Well, wow. Well, Jesse, let me tell you, as the Lions lose to San Francisco 34-31, it's close to us because we uh, are hyper-focused on the NFC North. Yeah. So as I said on Friday to Courtney Cronin, I said, you know what? I can get on this Lions bandwagon. Not a Lions fan, but I like how they're able to build their team where they are right now, and they fell short. But again, they choked that game away. An opportunity for the Lions to be able to finally break through winning a playoff game on the road, by the way. Because they haven't done that. Uh, they've uh, been behind the eight ball on that 12 times. To be able to win a playoff game on the road, that's one thing. But you had a 17-point advantage, and you relinquished it. The Lions, you know, when you hear from the defenders of Dan Campbell, it's always like, well, he's always aggressive, Jesse, and he's always goes for it on fourth down. Yeah, 34% of the time, the Lions go for it on fourth down, and they succeed. But here's the thing. Show me a coach and a staff and a team that does not do the same thing the same way all the time, and I'll show you a limited team. Yeah, He, he does it the same way. Like, we're going to be aggressive on fourth down. Okay, great. But, again, what happens when it doesn't work? What happens when it doesn't work? You like the aggressiveness, sure, but you have to show me a fastball. You got to show me a yeah. curveball. You got to show me a slider from time to time. All I know in that spot is that you need more points. You're on the road. Anything could happen. Like, I don't know. Lose by three <laughs> and when you had a 17-point advantage? Think about it. There's so many layers to this, and I think most people listening will come down against uh, Dan Campbell. And it's not just because it didn't work out. It's not just because of that. I'm sure all of us on our couches yesterday were saying, kick at least one of those two times, right? And I can't think of another coach, people that have been in the game a long time, that wouldn't have kicked at least one out of the two times. And we can go through all the scenarios, but I will start the show this way, this way, okay? He kicked, he he avoided kicking twice, right? Yeah. Start the show this way, and I use this when I analyze in baseball. When I used to coach in baseball, you know, I know you love when I talk about my coaching days. Yes, yes. Here's the thing to use. If the other, and you can feel this, you don't, you you can't uh, ask the other team in the moment, but if the other team is kind of happy with the decision you're about to make, Maybe you should rethink it. Maybe you should rethink it. Mm -hmm. Down 24 to 10, San Francisco was more than happy for Dan Campbell to roll the dice. They needed a risk versus reward moment. And they got it. He rolled the dice. It didn't happen. The Giants were happy that he went for it. The Niners were happy that they went for it. Now, if you're up three, four, five points and you go for it, I think the other team is not as happy. Mm-hmm. They want you to kick the field goal to keep it within one score. So he did what the what what was opposite. What was opposite? If the other team kind of likes your decision, you should rethink it. At that moment, at twenty four to ten, San Francisco had just scored. Mm-hmm. Okay, now it's about possessions and just trading scores. They have a chance to get that field goal back. Go up three scores. Three scores with a quarter and a half left. Now, possessions start to be a problem. And, of course, you're on the road. You could talk about momentum. George Kittle talked about that. Like, yeah, it can't be a blanket rule. We're always going for it. He didn't go for it late in the four, late in the first half. He kicked the field goal. Right. And one more thing. You know, Mike North tweeted this this morning, our buddy Mike North. Yeah. He's like, this isn't game seven. And he's right. Like, you're not trying to establish identities and show this is win or go home. Yes. Win or go home. Remember in Dallas, the boneheaded moves he made? He tried to go for two from, like, the seven-yard line, mm-hmm. and then he got an offsides and went up to the five-yard line. He tried to go for two there and, and blew it, mm-hmm. which was insane. But he lost a game that he was already going to the playoffs. Didn't matter. 
But this has got to be precise. Got to be precise. The Niners love the fact that he went for it. Love, and I get it. If he makes it and they go down and score and go up three times, of course, if he makes it, it's great. But it's risk versus reward. It's momentum. And then the second time, you have a chance to tie the game. Why are we keeping score if you're not going to try to tie the game? Yeah, I didn't and understand again, it. And stem the momentum. Like, stop it a little bit. I, I just don't like the idea that there are some that will look at Dan Campbell or coaches of his ilk and just say, you know, I love the aggressiveness. He's always all in. I, again, I appreciate that. But at, this, at the same time, though, Jesse, you can't be the same way all the time. 100%. That, that's all I'm saying. I'm saying that in that situation, there's nothing wrong with being aggressive. But also, you have to be able to look at it and, and not show how smart you are. You should, should be able to say, you know what? I know we have a lead, but we need to add on more points. It is San Francisco on the other end, by the way, because whatever you think of the 49ers, there's a reason why they got there, too. Because they can score, because they have good defenders, because they've got a good team. So you want to be able to add on as much as possible. Can, just, being, just because we always get it done on fourth down doesn't mean it happens all the time, because I will ask you, if it does not work, what happens? See? And, that, and again, this is what they, they got caught in a trick bag. Again, you look at that number of 34% of the time that they're able to execute and get the first down. Okay, well, I mean, now you're in the playoffs. And you lose by three. Imagine if you would have kicked the field goal. Imagine if you and, if you were able to execute. And, and it's that almost spot. like a bunt too, by the way, in baseball. Like we we can't say for sure he makes the field goals, right? You don't know for sure. You don't know for sure. But the 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 the, the shorter one, I think, is more of a guarantee. Yep. And this idea of going back up three scores, I got to tell you, Jonathan, I think they win the game if they're up twenty seven ten. I think they win the game. I think this the the, the trading of possessions. Would have would have eventually gotten gotten would have hurt hurt San Francisco. Granted, there was a Gibbs fumble in there as well. I, I just don't think he read the situation right. And I think you're right. Yes, you can have a style, yeah. but doesn't apply to every moment. And if I'm going to say this a hundred times between now and ten, if the other team likes your decision, mm-hmm. you should be rethinking it. You should be rethinking it. I want you to explain this to me also, Jesse Rogers. So, how is it that you ran for 34 yards in the second half? What happened to the the Pote running game? Montgomery, in the, it was I thought was very solid. I thought that Gibbs was good until he fumbled the football, in which I thought that Montgomery should have ran at that spot. But again, the running game was solid in the first half. You were taking, uh, you know, taking it to the 49ers defense, and then all of a sudden you just stopped running the football. Uh, the for those that did not see this, San Francisco was able to really put on the lines in the second half. Uh, the Lions were outscored seventeen to nothing. Their worst point differential in a quarter of the season outgained Jesse 170 to 42 that's their second worst yards differential in a quarter of this season lost a fumble as their first turnover this postseason and then of course the two drop passes at the the worst times in the and third and fourth down two drop passes and, and so it's the little things you could talk about the the risk and reward from Dan Campbell but also the players also did not a good uh, did not a, do a good job to be able to maintain the lead. Oh, there's no doubt we can't just put it all on those calls. Like they did not play well with the lead. They did not play well with the lead. And and, and, and the converse was true in Baltimore, who did not play well behind. It, it, the Ravens acted like they were down 21. Talk about not running the ball. Ravens stopped running the ball right away as soon as they got down. Baltimore, maybe when they were a product of being so good all year that they pro- they didn't trail much. As soon as they got down, they looked like a different team. R- R- Lamar looked like a different player. All-, all the kudos to the Chiefs, and again, we'll talk about Mahomes later. But boy, uh, you talk about not running the ball and looking like you're beaten, even though you're down seven, ten. 
Um, that was the Baltimore Ravens. That that game shocked me. I, I thought the Ravens would at least score points. That game shocked me. But this one was was quite amazing to have the 24-7 to lead. 24-10 could have been 27-10. Could have eventually tied it at uh, 27. Yeah, and, I, uh, to the point where I didn't think the 49ers had a run when at that score that you yeah. just put up there. I didn't think that because I thought, okay, the Lions had got off to a great start. You had to open the door for them to go on that run, yes. and you did. That that was a huge choke job, I thought, by the Lions. I think from a coaching standpoint and from a player standpoint. Now, here's something, and you and I grew up with this in the business, when you got a Doug Buffon and Ed Bradovich, where was the halftime adjustments, Doug? Where was the halftime adjustments? How come we lost the game? That stuff, right? Yeah. And Doug said, I don't know what uh, happened. I don't know how to no adjust. Was the game on? <laughs> so, so, and so we grew up with that phrase, halftime adjustments. It is an actual thing. Some would say that, oh, whatever the game plan is, the game plan. No, no. There is a tightening of the screws, I think, at times at halftime. Like, hey, you remember what we practiced? We got to make sure that we implement this. Remember the things that we talked about in film? We got to be able to implement this. There was a, such a vast difference in the first half and second half in that game. Kyle Shanahan, the coach for San Francisco, talked about those adjustments. We come up with eight plays to go over with the offense and how we're going to start it out and go with them. Uh, the defense goes and they all meet and they break up and they talk about all their stuff from positions. And um, then we just pulled them up before. And so, guys, it's. It's only 17 points. Been a lot of football games where you're down 17 points or starting with the ball. Um, it's that's that's plenty of time to come back, plenty of points to come back. But regardless of any of that stuff, we're not going out like this. We got to be a lot more aggressive here in the second half and um, in everything we do, um, offensively, defensively, special teams. Um, I thought we switched up a little bit more, tightened up on some things um, with some pressure, some man coverage, and um, the guys didn't want today to be the last day and. We put ourselves in a hole, but they played like it in the second half, and we were able to get the ball to bounce the right way, and we made up for what we did in the first half. And I, I, I have to imagine at halftime in Detroit's locker room, they're, they're telling their players, get ready for the punch in the face. It's coming. And you know what? Mm. It came, but it was just across the chin. It was just a little one. They start the second half. They drive. They kick a field goal. Okay. Yep. 24-10. You get the ball back. You drive. Now you kick a field goal. 27-10, and we took eight minutes off the clock. Now it's three possessions again. Let's trade possessions again. Let's trade scores again. And he does this boneheaded thing of going for it on fourth down, and I know that's who he is. But you got the situation's different than week seven, as, as, as our buddy North tweeted today. It just doesn't make sense to me that you don't look at the situation and grab it and, 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 and understand it a little bit better. Shay? You know what really confused me about it, Jess, was they kicked the field goal right before halftime. Right. To go up 17 points. Right. And if you think about when they played the Rams, they had a very similar possession, goal to go from, I think, like the three or four yard line, and they went for it, and it was a touchdown for Sam Laporta, and it won them the game. I can stomach going for, for it on fourth down when they get the ball back in the second half if they went for it before halftime. Mm-hmm. But if you're willing to go up three scores and take the 17 point lead there, right. why are you not willing to do it? With less time, possession and, yeah, later. And less time on the clock now. Yeah. And I agree with you. It, it, it just doesn't make sense. And I'll say it again. If you're up three, four, or five points, maybe you do go for it because a field goal doesn't do much. It's a one-possession game. So every situation different. But you're up two scores. To go up three scores, time is now going to start to work in your favor. And then the second one, I just never heard of a, a, a team, again, if you really believe in your kicker, not tying the game. Like, yeah. And not, not only are you tying the game, 
you're, you're kind of reestablishing yourself, reestablishing yourself in the game because the, the Niners had gone on such a run. Okay, now it's a new game, 27-all. It's a new game. They didn't do that. Yeah, you continue to go all in, which is fine because this is what, you, what got you here. Okay, you were aggressive. But then I believe... It got you here that, against the Saints yeah, or whoever. No, but whatever. <laughs> but I mean, you built a nice resume to be able to get to where you are right now. An opportunity to get into the Super Bowl, and then uh, you crapped out. That's exactly what happened. The team crapped out. We talk about adjustments. Adjustments were made because I want to give San Francisco their credit as well. In the first half, Brock Purdy, 7 for 15, good for 93 yards. Second half, Jesse, a different game. 13 for 16, 174 yards and a touchdown for Brock Purdy. Again, people will look at Brock Purdy and say, system quarterback, not that good. Can I just tell you, the last couple of games that we've seen in the playoffs, when he's got to make a play, he makes a play. Whether it's with his legs, whether it is matriculating the ball down the field, it may not be aesthetically pleasing for everybody. But to me, it's about execution. It's about trying to get into the end zone and keep the chains moving. You saw the halftime adjustments that were made by San Francisco, and the Lions did not have those same adjustments. You had the lead. It was comfortable to the point where I thought, this is the Lions' chance. They can be yeah. able to get this done. And to give up 17 points, that's unbelievable. I, and, and the other thing about the Lions, like at halftime, I mean, you had to be feeling so good about sure. yourself that you, you still felt like you had the momentum, even though you kicked the field goal instead of the touchdown there at the end. Um, I, I don't. There's, there's so many things that I don't understand about what, what Dan, Dan Campbell was thinking there. There really, there's so many things. I, I like analytics and all the I don't I just don't get it I just don't get well, it a lot of this is his gut feel though his gut feel is to always go for it that's I mean that I, I don't know if there's someone in his head that says, says go for it go for it because it's almost automatic for him it's like yeah fourth down fourth down and two fourth down and three four yeah we'll go for it game situations don't matter just that's in your head just go for it that's in your head sure game situations where you are home road uh, win or go home all this stuff none of it pops into your head I mean, George Kittle talked about momentum. I mean, we all know it's real in some sense. All I care about is trying to put points on the board because you'd never stop trying to put points on the board. That's all I'm saying. It's not about time of possession in that spot, Jesse. It's about trying to get, if you're in a position to score points, three, six, seven, whatever it takes, you get more points on the board. But again, that's just one layer of it. The other layer is just some of the decision making and, of course, the, the lack of execution. You just can't drop passes. We saw this in both games in the most crucial spots where you're not executing. That's just brutal. Um, just, just the, as I mentioned, the inability to run the football where you would do it, it's so well in the first half. In the second half, you don't. You just go away from it. It's what I, the I Ravens did. It's what the Ravens did. Now, I will say, I guess, you know, you look at time of possession in the second half. Detroit didn't have much. But, um, but I don't disagree with you. I want to go back to Purdy. I wanted to make this point as you were talking about him. Yeah. I forgot. At halftime, I was ready to come on the air today and say, I told you so, Tom Waddle. I told you so, Yurkovic. Because I kind of am more in the camp that he's a product of the system. But... In moments now, in consecutive weeks, when it mattered most, he has come through. And as we relate this all the way back to the Bears, because everything comes back to the Bears, that is, again, a knock against Justin Fields. He has not proven in the bigger moments to have come through enough. I downplay his fourth quarter rating, but maybe maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe there's something to it. when the Because, the, again, if we need a reminder... Quarterback play is still king, right? All weekend long. The quarterback play made the difference. Um, Mahomes was just unbelievable. Lamar wasn't. That's who wins. Purdy in the second half was, um, was, was unbelievable, and that's who wins. Uh, but as we bring it back to, to the Fields convo, like, 
could fields you know insert fields in any of that stuff i don't know that you know they they win when he win any of those games no. and i was a guy <laughs> saying you know but purdy came through when they needed it yes. and and i'm not sure we can say that about fields does he come through the, when you need him the most? And the answer is probably no. Not at this, not at this juncture, no. But again, armed with all the weapons that San Francisco has, you would think, all right, you don't have to run with the football. You, you know, you have an offensive line that's going to give you time, but you got to get the ball out quickly. So that's the thing. That's the hallmark of these playoffs. If you notice, all the way throughout, outside of Lamar Jackson, because Lamar Jackson can be able well, to extend plays. Well, Lamar run around a lot. Yeah, but, but, but yeah. I mean, they extend. They can extend with their legs, right. and they can be able to have patience enough to go down the field. These other guys. Can they get the ball out in three seconds or less. Right. It, it's quick action offense. It's amazing the difference between the regular season and the postseason. It's it's something. Jesse, you watch these games. The electricity on the field is just amazing. Yeah, it, but they, but they were. It was a little bit like uh, the first game. Uh, you know, like there was no fireworks. Was like Ravens looked dead the whole day. This one's twenty four seven. Like I said, Dan Campbell hacked into sports radio producers all across the country and said, "I'm giving you something to talk about tomorrow. I'm going to be the." Meathead of all meatheads because mm-hmm. and he took it on the chin after the game. He said, I know, I know you could second guess, but this is this is what we do. Yeah, but uh, yes, that's fine. But do you want to be Dan Campbell, you know, up and coming young head coach that's always in the playoffs? Or do you want to be Brandon Staley? Because that same feeling of like, right. oh, we always go for it on fourth pl- uh, down and making bonehead decisions. That's why Brandon Staley is no longer the Chargers head coach. Right. Same situation, fourth and six. Okay, so so we c- could you imagine when you, when you and I were going up and you know, watching the Bears, when you saw teams go for it on fourth and three, fourth and they're just that's definitely a punt or a field goal situation. Right. But it's it's commonplace now for some teams to go for it on fourth and two, fourth and three. And I and I get the people that will say the attribute attributes that Campbell exhibited there are the same attributes he's brought to the organization. That's why they were there in the first place. All legit. All legit. It doesn't mean that you do what you were saying 100% of the time, which is going to go for it on fourth down without looking at the scoreboard, without understanding more. He didn't go for it on fourth late in the first half, as Shea mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but he tried some weird stuff in Dallas that cost them a game, and we didn't really talk about it because they were already in the playoffs. But so. that's two games now because of the bad decision-making. But maybe he could make the case, I won 11 games because I, I was this aggressive. I don't know. The bottom line is, it was boneheaded. So let's hear from Jared Goff, the uh, quarterback for the Lions, completely devastated in the loss against San Francisco yesterday. It sucks and um, pretty devastated. You know, there is a state of shock a little bit. and um, Yeah, I just, I just, again, I'm proud to be a part of this team and, it's it's hard to it's hard to be it's hard to juggle those two emotions of being proud of what we've done this year and um, dealing with the heartache of the loss. You cannot be inflexible as a head coach, Jesse. You have to be. You know why Andy Reid's great? Why Andy Reid may never retire is because he's having fun with the goat with Patrick Mahomes. That's oh, one thing. God, yeah. But two, yeah. it's not the same offense. It's always different wrinkles. They always try to come up with something new and different. And so when you see the best coaches, they're like, "Hey, I know that coach because he does this." No, you know, you know that head coach because there's a different way to be able to coach. It's not just the same. If it's always the same, then you run into a brick wall. You become predictable. Lines became predictable in that spot. So here's what I'll, we'll talk about here. So from the Lions standpoint, Jesse, we got the Lions, their first division title since 1993, their first playoff win since 1991, their first conference championship appearance since 1991 with Wayne Fonts, uh, and second overall. 
So I would say that their success is sustainable. I'm not sure if they're going to be in this stratosphere again. You forgot I, I first blown NFC championship game since whenever. Since, since whatever. <laughs> yeah. Only, only had three in the championship. No, I mean, they seem like they're here to stay. But like he said after the game, you just never know when you get that kick at the can again. Well, here's the thing. I think, Shay, that the Lions will be in the playoffs again. Yes. But at this stratosphere, I'm not so sure because, Who knows? I mean, again, I, unless, unless you're a, a top-notch organization, I believe that the Lions are on their way to that. I don't expect the Lions to be in this stratosphere. Play- right, playoffs, right. yes. I, I, Hootie, I don't mean. even know if I expect them to be in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 golf is not Mahomes, right? I mean, right? He, he's good. But, yes, I agree with Shay. Like, they're a good team. Well, are they a dynasty in the making? I don't know. You got to think about they—they are about to lose the offensive coordinator that that's everyone right. in the league considers yeah. the best in the league. Yeah. And like this, we thought Philly made the playoffs, but we thought they'd be right back to a Super Bowl. Look how quickly it's, the flame fizzles. Right, unless you have that Hall of Fame quarterback. I, I think that you know with as many t- shots at the apple as you can get in the NFL with playoff appearances. I don't see the. I can't see the Lions any more than like a nine-win team. Well, you know, I don't and, know, but and, and, I, and that could get him in the playoffs. That's what yeah, I'm saying. I would like, say the NFC yeah, North is not yeah. exactly, you know. Yeah, that was, it's just, competitive. But, 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 but again, to to just reiterate the point, I'm not sure the Lions could get to this right. this Sunday, right. this championship Sunday. Sure. I expect them to be in the playoffs, yeah. and I expect the Lions and the Packers to keep the heat on the Bears in that regard. Yeah, for sure. That, it, it, it's, it's something a, for the Bears I, to shoot at. It, it kind of reminds me of the NL Central. Just you know, it's a competitive division, but you wouldn't call it the best division. No, but it's, it's a competitive there. division. I will tell you, like way too early preview for NFL 2024. I will be hitting the Lions win, uh, win total under. Is that 818? That is for sure. Do you have it? <laughs> I, I'll say it again for the audience at 818. Lions win total, whatever number they put it up at, what, under. Let's guess what it'll be. Ten and a half? Ten? Eleven, probably. Eleven? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but uh, again, playoff eligible for sure. But again, when you have these opportunities, see, they were in, in the, you know, I gave those three stats about, you know, uh, first division title, first playoff win, first conference championship appearance. The other thing is, is that they were trying to break through to try to finally win a road playoff game. They had 12 straight playoff uh, road losses for them. So I thought that they were going to shatter all that stuff this year and make their way into the Super Bowl. Trading, it didn't happen. Trading field goals in the third was the move. That was the move. They kicked that field goal. If they make it, I, I, I'm fully open to not make it, go up 27-10, I think they win the game. There's no momentum. There's no life in the stadium. There's nothing. It's just, it's just trade possessions at that point. Okay. It's just trade possessions. Now, Gibbs fumbles. Maybe maybe don't give it to the – I don't know. Like, fumbles are going to happen. Mm-hmm. But, man, you just you just gave life. I guarantee you the Niners like, oh, good. Go for it on fourth. Don't put points up. We got a shot now. If you miss it, if you miss the fourth down, they miss the fourth down, boom. Okay. Boom. Now the door is open. So here's the intangibles with Dan – uh, Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell has captured the hearts and minds of Detroit Lions fans. He's got that locker room. That you know, he's a players' coach. There's no question about that. You know, and so what I would think, I would hope for Dan Campbell is that he can learn from this and realize I can't be so inflexible. I, that, that's that, a great point. Like that, like that's, that's the hope. You learn more from your, from your mistakes than your successes, and I I would hope so too. But I don't. I'm not. <laughs> meathead's gonna meathead. I don't know if he's gonna learn. Ah, that's who we are. 
you've been at enough crap tables to know a guy that's always all in. <laughs> yes, that's all, right. I mean, I mean, instead that's of just right. walking away from the table, he's just going all in. It takes losing. a lot of losing yes. to to rethink things. So you've, he, you've seen this. Campbell might need this a few more times. Now, Campbell has to remind you of some guys in Vegas that you've been in Atlantic City. Yeah, for sure. He has to remind you of yeah. some people, right? Yeah, most the the black the blackjack players that just. Get overly aggressive, and then they end the night with nothing. Yes. You know? They got their chips stacked. You know, right. it's like, boy, you're then, having a good night. And then it's gone. It, it just, it's and gone. That, I think that's a lot of Dan Campbell. The hope is is that he can learn from this and be a better coach from it and just kind of look back. Because I heard the press conference. You know, Campbell's like, you know, if I had it to do all over again, I'd do it again. Well, of course he would. Okay, yeah. let, that, that's, that's right. fine. Yeah. So you'd lose again? You, <laughs> keep, you, keep, lo- you keep losing right. again? Right. Now, for me, at the, at the blackjack table, when I'm up two grand – and I want I should walk away. Yeah, you know, if I lose the money, I think back at it and go, yeah, I probably should have walked away when I had my two grand. That's right. right? My chips are right there. Okay, I'll <laughs> cash out. So long. Right? He, he, he's not the type to cash out. Uh, I know it's a tough ask in a press conference, but, you know, that, going back to my thing, I wish I, you could ask it the right Well, I guess you can just ask straight out. Do you think the Niners were happy with your decision to go for it as opposed to kick the field goal? I wonder if he would. He'd well, answer I, it. I don't know if he'd answer. I don't know what they were thinking. He'd answer because it. again, that is key. Mm-hmm. That is key to me. If the other team is is happy, you're thinking about doing this. He maybe said, you should be doing the other thing. He said post game, he doesn't regret any of the fourth down calls. I know, I know, but he didn't think of it the way I'm talking. Yeah. So let's let's ask this question um, for everyone that watched the game. Is there a bigger yesterday? boneheaded? Sequence of plays. No, no. The question is actually on my screen on the notepad. Three one two three three two ESPN three three two three seven seven six. Shay, let's over the phone lines and ask this question. Bears fans and those of you that watch the game, would you take a coach like Dan Gamble uh, on the Bears? And, and what we're talking about is the aggressiveness that he had got got him to where they were in a stratosphere we haven't seen since the early nineties. However, that same gambling aspect, uh, his riverboat gambling ways. Uh, put them in a bad spot to the point where they did not take the points when they needed to and relinquish a 17-point lead. And I want to add in this. like, did, did which Passing up which field goal ticked you off more? To me, it, it seems obvious it'd be the one to tie the game, mm-hmm. but it's almost like the first one ticked me off a little bit more. So where do you stand on this? Uh, did, should he have kicked twice? Should he have not kicked twice? Once? Whatever. Which, one, which moment ticked you off the most if you're a Detroit backer? Um, not that we have a lot of them around here, but man, man, uh, you just twenty-seven ten again. Assuming he kicks that field goal, I think they win the game. San Francisco moves on. They're going to go to the Super Bowl. They defeat the Lions thirty-four thirty-one. Still to come, we'll talk about Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs with their victory against Baltimore. But your phone calls on Dan Campbell, the head coach for the Lions. Would you take Dan, quote unquote, Gamble on the Bears as your head coach? Let's talk about it. Jesse Rogers in for Cap on the Cap and J Hood Morning Show. Here's today's headlines. Headlines with Cap and J Hood. Brought to you by the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program. The Super Bowl is set. The Chiefs will take on the Niners in Vegas in a rematch of Super Bowl 54, where the Niners blew a 10 point fourth quarter lead in that game. The Chiefs won it 31 20. The Super Bowl kicks off at 5 30 p.m. on February 11th. 
The Cubs bolstered their bullpen through free agency over the weekend, signing reliever Hector Neris to a one-year, $9 million deal. We'll get to that at 10 after 10. The Bulls were winners last night on the road in Portland, 104-96, snapping a two-game losing streak. DeMar DeRozan led the scoring for Chicago with 20 points. And the Blackhawks lost their final game into the All-Star break, which uh, is this weekend. 1-0 to Calgary, their fourth straight loss. The Blackhawks will now have an All-Star participant after Connor Bedard was replaced for an injury. Welcome back to Cap and J-Hood. You're officially locked in. Put your hands up in the sky. Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. You got to know when to hold up. <laughs> oh, poor Dan know Campbell. When to walk away and know when to run. You never count your money when you sit at the table. <laughs> Put your paw in there when the deal is done. And I'd do it all over again. I mean, again, I go back to that Dallas scheme. There was a penalty on it. He went for two from the seven-yard line for a two-point conversion Yep. from the seven-yard line. And I believe if he just kicked, they would have tied the game, if I recall. Yep. yep. Well, I mean, that should have been foreshadowing right there. Along with Jesse Rogers in for Cap, I'm Jay Hood on the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show. We hope that you're going to have a great Monday. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Getting your overall thoughts on the NFC title game as San Francisco defeats the Lions by a score of 34-31. to Would you take a coach like Dan Gamble uh, <laughs> on the Bears if you had your druthers? And your overall thoughts on the game. Again, if you're just joining us, Jesse and I have been talking about it. I just say that show me a coach... That goes, you know, does the same things all the time, and is inflexible. And I'll show you uh, not a, uh, a coach that's not very good. Simply put, because you have to be able to not just throw fastballs all the time. You got to give me a curveball. You got to give me a slider. You got to do me, a, give me a little sleight of hand every now and then. You can't be predictable as a football team. You just cannot. You Were can't. You? you can't do that. And again, the numbers would say. Hoodie, you're wrong. 34% of the time, they were able to execute on fourth down. However, you cannot be predictable to the uh, and leave points on the board as the Lions did yesterday. I think can't my, do it. my bottom line is you got to know the game when, when situation the as well. Right. Uh-huh. There, there's game situation that should be inputted into the computer as well. And that includes being on the road. And, and yes, a little bit of momentum. And my big thing is trade field goals. Go back up three. That, that whatever they were feeling good about themselves after taking the opening kickoff in the third and score, hitting a field, it, it would be negated if you kicked the field goal. Again, you have to make the field goal. I, I admit that. But whew, I, risk but, versus reward was not in their favor, in my opinion. And, Shay, I felt good. It's one of the rare times you watch a game, and we, because of the lead the Lions had, I felt good about Detroit. I didn't know there was going to be a comeback from San Francisco at all. I, 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 I was comfortable. I kind of always felt like it was never going to be that easy. San Francisco was going to do something. But again, like my my biggest issue is not Dan Campbell going for it. Dan Campbell has done that all year, and all year it has worked. It's why they beat the Rams in the wild card round. Okay, it didn't, it didn't work it. in Dallas. It but, didn't work in Dallas. Just, when he, it, come on. Hang on, because... I don't have an issue with it. Like, you lost the game in Dallas by a point, and you got screwed by the officials. This is how you got to this point. My problem was that he didn't go for it before halftime. You ha- Like, that was an opportunity to take a three-touchdown lead into the tunnel. It's a spot where they've done it all year. They did it against the Rams. It won them the game. If you're going to say it's important to take a three-score lead into halftime, then it has to be important to retake a three-score lead eight minutes later in the game. Yeah. It just the decisions together made no sense. It felt like 
he was just rolling dice, and whatever came up was the decision he was going to make. <laughs> right. It didn't feel like he was actually operating logically. And the defensive collapse. Yeah, they, I mean, yeah, there were other mistakes too, no doubt. And uh, so, there were other mistakes too. So let's go to the phone lines and talk to you three one two three three two three seven seven six. We're going to hear from Dan Campbell momentarily as we go to the phone lines and we say hello to Harding in Charlotte, North Carolina, listening on the ESPN Chicago app. Harding, good morning. Good morning to you. Hey, so let me start my comment off by saying I am in the camp of draft Caleb Williams. I am in that camp. Okay, so I want to make sure that's very clear. Because okay, you have an opportunity to provide him. Things you could not provide any other quarterback, including Justin Fields. Now, with that being said, I'll answer your first question first. I'll take um, Dan Campbell if I have Ben Johnson as an offensive coordinator. Any other circumstance, answers no to that. The one thing that, <laughs> and the one thing that's a bit frustrating, right? I get really tired of defending Justin Fields because I understand the nuance, right? Yesterday during the broadcast, there was a comment made a compliment about Brock Purdy. They said if his first read wasn't there, he's tucking and running. But they didn't say that in a negative way like we do with Justin Fields because that's a complaint of ours constantly. The defense has won those games for those teams going to the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes gets labeled amazing yesterday. Score was 17-10. The reason he gets labeled amazing because he played mistake-free football yeah. and took what the defense, you know, the defense allowed him to take. But for Justin Fields, we see that as the minimum. We don't see that as a title that makes him amazing. Yesterday he played an amazing defense in the Ravens. The Justin Fields played the Browns in week whatever that was, and he did the best he could in that situation. And at that time, that defense was number one. We didn't give Justin Fields that benefit of the doubt. We said that they should have won that game. Justin Fields should have played better, and the defense should have played better to hold Joe Flacco under the 200 yards that he passed for in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So as Chicago fans, we have to provide grace to what's happening in that in that organization because they're trying to learn just like all these other teams they're trying to learn how to be winners again and at the end of the day Caleb Williams is probably going to get drafted Justin Fields is probably going to get traded but the narratives we can't do that to Caleb Williams when he gets here because we've been doing it to Justin Fields maybe it's out of frustration maybe it's out of like the passion and love that we're looking for progress and it's just not there but we give a lot of other quarterbacks the benefit of the doubt that we use at the detriment of our quarterback. Well, you know why that is, Harding? You know why that is? Is because those quarterbacks win. And those organizations win. Those quarterbacks you're talking about. If you're talking about Buffalo, if you're talking about San Francisco, if you're talking about uh, the Lions and what they were able to do, if you're talking about the, those teams win. That that's the reason why. Now, this this idea that you look at the AFC and NFC championships and compare that to Justin Fields, that is the sophomore game versus the varsity. We saw the varsity Sunday. Yeah. That's what it's supposed to look like. That's what the Bears are supposed to look like when their offense is right. No. I, 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 like that. I, to, to be able to look at Justin Fields in the quarterback situation here and then say, well, you know, when Brock Purdy has a problem or when Lamar Jack, no, those are the upper echelon. Yeah, feels is, is light years away from that, I, and the offense is light years I, away from I, that. I, I get a little bit of what Harding is saying that we we don't allow for anything in between suck and greatness. We don't allow for anything in between, but that's also because there's a chance at a generational quarterback. So you do you almost have to compare Justin Fields to 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 that. And what does that if, look if, like? Here's the point: if Justin Fields is all you have. Nothing else going. You go to war with him. He's not so bad, but there's a chance it's something greater. And I'm a, I'm I'm sort of a build around Justin. I wouldn't yeah. be upset with it, guy. But I think first of all, by the way, 
on the right. Poles has made his decision. He's drafting Caleb. I think it's done deal. Done deal. Uh, and, and I'm one of those guys, like, if we're still arguing three years later, maybe we have our answer. But I understand where Harding's coming from. But you're right. Like, yes, he only scored 17 points yesterday. But what are the million other things that he's done to make him great in other games? He scored 17, but mistake free football. Okay, and then in many other games, he scored 34 or 41 yes. or whatever. And and so the entirety of his career is you can't even compare it to, how, to Justin how many How many games do you get for grace? <laughs> how, many, how, many, how many games do you get for that? And again, you know, life's unfair, especially in the National Football League, yes. because there's, this is not a, a day and age in which you let a quarterback sit on your roster for seven or eight years and just wait for the development. It's, it's here and now. This is why coaches get fired so quickly, because people want instant gratification. Teams, ownership, want instant gratification. You just don't get that. You don't get that grace. Either you can be able to strike while the iron's hot and build quickly or not. And if we're still asking the question, I think we know what the answer is at the quarterback position here. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Uh, would you take a coach like Dan Gamble uh, on the Bears? Also still to come, Lamar Jackson, will he ever get it done? As all part of the mix on the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show. You got to know when to hold them. Know when to hold them. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. Your money. When you're sitting, sitting at, at the table, cowboy. When the deal is done, put your paw on there. Good morning. Glad you're along for the Captain J Hood Experience. We're here weekdays from seven to ten on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN. Hello, Chicago. Good morning. It's the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000, and we are streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with Jesse Rogers in for Cap. I'm Jay Hood. Hey, the 49ers, they trail by 17 points, tied for the third largest comeback win in conference championship game history, and the 49ers defeat the Lions by the score of 34-31. Still to come, we will talk about Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Now, Lamar Jackson, two-time MVP, but then you have as many playoff losses in a big spot as MVPs. Disappointing, man. So what I, do we do I with that? I really thought this was going to be the end of the Chiefs' run to repeat. I really did. I thought Baltimore was going to win. Wrong. Yep. Wrong. Wrong. Patrick Mahomes is that dude. Kansas City Chiefs is that team. Remember Kansas City opening night? They lose at home. Yep. All sorts of offensive problems all season long. Now they go on the road. Man, when impressive. You, the right time. you know what they impressive. are? Impressive. Like one of these March Madness teams that just kind of muddle along in the regular season, and then they, so. and they get to the uh, the March Madness, all of a sudden they're playing their best basketball. And, and, and nowadays I think of them as a one-weapon team, and he was amazing. I'm not even talking about Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I'm not even talking about Mahomes. <laughs> I'm talking about Kelsey. Mm-hmm. 11 targets, 11 catches. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? It's amazing. Everybody knows that the ball's going in, and he still gets it done. Amazing. Jay and Bolingbrook on Cap and Jay Hood. Jay, good morning. Good morning, Jesse and Jay Hood. How are you guys? We're well, thank you. Good. Um, you know, I, I I know your question is, would I take Campbell on the Bears or, or a coach that would do that? I, I, I agree with Jesse's comment earlier this morning. They should have kicked the field goal. They should have gone up 27 to 10. What they did by not converting on fourth down is completely changed the momentum over to the 49ers, and I kind of liken it to Game 7 in 2016 with the Cubs when Madden was so 
you know, hell bent on keeping with his game plan with bringing in John Lester no matter what. Kyle Hendricks was dealing that game, and there was no reason to pull Hendricks from that game, but he did it just because that's what he had written down on his paper for his game plan. And I feel like Campbell kind of did the same thing last night. Jay, yeah. we appreciate the phone call. Yeah, uh, there had, there's there's something to that. I get that. I other, I know what Shay brought up uh, brought up about the end of the first half, but I agree with what he's saying. Kind of just stuck to his game plan, which was a season long game plan. I'm always going for it, okay. nearly I, almost. I, I just, I mean, when there's points to be scored, you've got to be able to put them up as much as possible because anything could happen. Like you know, you could relinquish a 17 point lead. But I, again, I don't think that's a complete blanket statement. If they're up three, four, five points, and a field goal just keeps you within one score, maybe you do go for them fourth. I think when you're up two scores to go up three to sort of equal what they just did, there's something to that psychologically as well. All right, now we're back to three scores, and we've taken eight minutes off the clock. It's it's like halftime all over again with less time. Exactly my yeah. point. If yeah. it was important to go up three scores at halftime, right. how is it not important eight minutes later? Yeah. It makes no sense. Right, and it, it, sucks. and and that, yeah, I agree, Tomlin. I I think that it's. And I just think a lot of this is from Dan Campbell. I'm not sure if there's a person upstairs that's telling them to go for it, not go for it. I just no. think a lot of this stuff comes from his gut. Yeah, I'm sure. I just, but the yeah. thing, again, we, Shay, we just can't turn a blind eye to the, the Lions just choking it away. That, uh, what I thought was a comfortable lead. And I think that we both were on the same accord that the total was 51 and a half. Yeah, it yeah. was going over. So we got the over there. Yeah. So, But just the idea that, that the 49ers had a run in them like that. Didn't expect that. Yeah, Detroit opened that. the door and and they, and they went right through it. I mean, the ball off the face mask, you know. But the point is, you have to open that door yeah. for the other team to go through it, and you had a chance to keep it closed. Southside Bryant is on ESPN One Thousand on Cap and Jay Hood. Bryant, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? We're good. How you and feel? Answer, I'm all right. The answer to your question is no. I would not want to coach like that. So I'm going to break down the scenario for you. You guys have been breaking it down pretty good this morning. Um, coming out the half, San Francisco came and dominated, marched up the field. Mm-hmm. And when they came back down, Detroit had a chance that 4-2 and two was the one that changed the whole momentum of the game. Agreed. You have to kick the field goal because there was no life in that stadium. And there was six minutes left on their clock where they could have changed things. And this, and you guys said that uh, he had the locker room. We got to pay attention next year mm-hmm. when it started the season because this reminds me of the Seattle loss in the Super Bowl where that team was never the same after Pete Carroll decided to throw that ball. So Detroit, you got to look out. How are you just going to change your whole franchise? You can't have a coach that don't learn his lesson. Yeah, and I, I think I think that he can. Will he? I don't know, but I think he can. Just yeah, um, kind of find that middle ground as a coach a little bit. It, it's not it's not even necessarily going for it less automatically. No. It's just understanding the situations better. No, and this was winner go home. This isn't like establishing identity time or anything like that. Strategically, it just. And then you have a chance to actually tie a, a game. By it's way, like it's yeah. like okay, look, I, I don't get it. Like, the, why keep score if you can't tie the game? If you're not going to take the chance to tie the game, I don't get it. Uh, so by the way, when keeping it real goes wrong in this game, you know when you go, when you want to hit somebody and it's very physical, especially in the playoffs. That big hit by Greenlaw on Laporta, 
Greenlaw didn't know that he hit an actual wall. Did you notice that shoulder? Did you see that hit? Yeah. Greenlaw on Laporta, like it was it was man on man, and Greenlaw was the one that laid the hit. Laporta stood up there. He's like, I'm good. And Greenlaw's holding his shoulder like, oh, my God, <laughs> I'm dying. Put me in contraction. That was something. That's something. It shows you how physical the game is. Jesse. Oh, my God. Just, my wife's watching, and she's just like, oh, my God. She's covering her eyes when, when McCaffrey At the end, when McCaffrey, like, landed on his head, she's like, oh, that, it, he's paralyzed. I'm like, <laughs> Let's not go there, but it, it, it's it's a tough sport. No, I understand what she meant by that. Yeah, absolutely, right, right. I mean, because you watch that in in real speed, it's like, is that guy going to be okay? And then they showed him on the sideline getting like massage. She's like, oh, he's not going to play in the Super Bowl. I'm like, two weeks. Christian McCaffrey's going to play. Yes, is she? She's like, is he any good? I'm like, he's like the second best player in the world. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, again, to the novice eye, she's watching. She's right, like, that right, guy's dead. It. Absolutely, right. You cannot. I mean, but it just. But when I see it's like that, like what happened with Greenlaw and Laporta, when I see McCaffrey, I think, oh, to be young again, to oh. be able to be in that sport, to be young again, to be able to look like it looks like a devastating injury, and then and you, you get recover, up, right. and, you, and you just run off to the yeah. sideline. It's crazy. Yeah, two touchdowns for McCaffrey and Purdy. Give Purdy credit. Yeah, oh, again, second again. half was great. Now, it, it's, when it's to pull down, the, uh, use your legs. Yeah, I mean, sometimes when you ro- don't run as much, it's even more effective mm-hmm. when you do. Yes. So uh, back-to-back games, game on the line, Purdy and the offense finds a way. Yeah. And, and, and again, you see those, some of those throws, especially in that first half, not great. But in the second half, the adjustments were made. And, and I, I argue with people about Justin Fields and his fourth quarter rating. Like, is, yep. is that... Is that baked into his weaknesses, or is that fixable? I kind of feel like it's fixable, but I don't know. Then I watch these guys in the fourth quarter who step up and get it done. Maybe maybe there is something to the moment. With, with, right? a, with a new set of eyes, either in Chicago or someplace else, it can be fixable. It can be. <laughs> but a new set of eyes. Not, right. not what you have now, right. but a new set of eyes. Absolutely. What do you mean by a new set of eyes? Like coordinator? New offensive coordinator oh, right, that right, they right. have now with the Bears right. or a different right. team. Right. Yeah, exactly. Somebody can look at that film differently than the Bears do and say, okay, we can do something with that big looping arm swing. Right. Well, and he's pretty you know. good for three quarters, right? The yeah. rating's not so bad for three quarters. We, let's just fix this one. Or maybe it's baked into who he is. You know, the moment gets too big. I don't know. Shot or no shot. That's in two minutes on Cap and J Hood.